0: Pension allowance um, versus ISA, man.
1: <laughs> uh, what's the question? As of which one's better?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you got 5K and you're thinking, oh, okay, I've got a, a 20K tax allowance uh, that I can put in there, or I want to increase my, uh, I want to put more into my pension. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you, man?
1: Yo, Peter, I'm all right. I'm good. Um, I would have thought by now the sun would have come out. We are in the month of April and here in the UK it is absolutely freezing. It is so cold and I'm not loving it at all.
0: Hmm. Well, it was um, snowing not too long ago in parts of the UK about less than a week ago, actually. I know in parts of the Midlands it was snowing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. I'm someone who enjoys the spring and enjoys the summer. I love when the sun comes out. So hopefully sooner than later, everything reverses and we're back to seeing the sun.
0: Mad, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Um, just a massive shout out, um, also to our listeners as well, wherever you are in the world, keep doing what you're doing, liking, subscribing, commenting, and sharing our podcast, and keeping the conversations going. Remember, if you have someone in mind that you think this would be beneficial to, think of them and go beyond that and actually just send it to them, and also download this episode as well and our other episodes. But, Jax, today we're going to be talking about. Well, as you mentioned, it is April. Um, it's a new month and it's actually just gone the first week of April of 2022. And what that means here in the UK, it's a new tax year. Recently, we did do an episode on, you know, um, episode 69, the UK tax year end approaching and focusing on ISIS. um, And we spoke a bit more about that, but it's a new tax year. So happy new tax year, Jax. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for Everyone listening,
1: gosh man, it means a lot. I think it means a lot for anybody who's looking to take their personal finances seriously, um, whether they're investors or they're just people that work full time and that kind of stuff. It's very important to understand all the new um, tax changes, uh, the ones that may have stayed the same, the ones that have changed, and what it really means for your personal circumstances. So, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time. Uh, for some people, it's an exciting time. For some people, it's more over an annoying time but hey that's what we're here to do to go through the changes and of course see how we can best make use of the changes and prepare.
0: Absolutely and I guess what this episode is going to really be focusing on what we can do um, to I guess um, you know, um, overcome some of those uh, changes or take advantage of some of those changes. Because as we know, there are changes that are of course out of our hands, changes that have taken place um, by the government here in the UK. So for example, um, we're aware of the national insurance changes um, where essentially Uh, 1.25% will be added to the rate of national insurance paid by employees and self-employed workers. How do you feel about that, bro? (laughs)
1: I, (laughs) i am never a huge fan of uh changes in taxation that makes uh the taxpayer pay more money but at the same time you know you have to understand where the money does go um and more importantly if it's spent wisely then there's absolutely nothing wrong with it but yeah it's just something that's you know we have to be aware of um and of course factor that into our you know our personal finances
0: Oh, absolutely, and what that does mean in real terms, I guess, when we get that monthly paycheck, um, of course, more will be spent on national insurance, so our take-home pay will decrease, uh, you know, slightly depending on how much you earn. But you're right; it does depend where the money is uh, is going and what the government has essentially said that the extra money is going to be spent on the NHS and social care, um, who have always been in need of um financial support, but even more so than ever. Given the climate we've just been going through over the past couple of years, as well.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And and to be fair, you know, um, in a recent um, speech by Rishi Sudak, he announced in spring, um, in his spring statement, that the annual threshold for paying national insurance actually goes up by 3K Mm. um, starting from um, July. So, um, this means, of course, for us that are employed and us that are also self employed, um, we will have to pay national insurance um if they look you know if we had if we earned less than twelve and a half thousand pounds it's actually twelve thousand five hundred seventy pounds um but yeah this brings um this actually brings it in line with the personal allowance for income tax
0: no brilliant absolutely um of course there's been uh state pension increases as well so um, just uh, got here. State uh, pensions will rise by three point one percent in two thousand and twenty-two to twenty-three. Um, so, essentially, those that are on a uh, single pay, uh, state pension, sorry, who usually receive one hundred and seventy-nine pounds, if they're receiving the full state pension as a single person, they will now receive one hundred and eighty-five pounds per week.
1: Oh, whoop what did do? Yeah, I mean that's it's great to see an increase, uh, of course, from um of three percent. I think is is tough to take still because we all know that the infl- inflation rate is actually much higher than three percent. But yeah, it's it's mm. at least it's an increase.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Nah naja, so let's focus on some of the stuff that we can take advantage of. And I know this is you know a personal faith for you as well. One thing that did stay the same, I wasn't touched, is that. Juicy, juicy ISA allowance.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, my my ISA account is probably the uh, account that I try to um, utilize the most when it comes to investing in financial assets. Um, and yeah, so it's staying the same. It's staying at twenty thousand uh, pounds for adults, um, and of course, the junior ISA stays at nine thousand pounds. So, um, if I'm really honest, <laughs> being a bit transparent here, last tax year was the first tax year in in a few a few years where I was actually unable to maximize the full allowance. Of course, as most of our you know listeners will know, um, those that have been following us for quite some time, this year, well, I bought, well last year, six months ago, um, I bought uh, my first home. And so a lot of my cash was flooded into the renovations and furnishing. But you know, a new tax year is here, um, though I believe 2022, 2023 is quite challenging. I am going to be very determined to try and maximise the twenty thousand pounds as much as I can.
0: Now, Jacks, uh, a listener might be saying, "Okay, so you didn't hit the twenty k last year. Um, why is that? I mean, it's not the end of the world, obviously, but why is that such a deal for you, or why can that be such a deal?"
1: Yeah, for me, it's, it's such a deal because you know, with ISRA accounts, the main benefit benefit of having an ASX account is when you invest in financial assets, such as stocks and shares and bonds and real estate and that kind of stuff, the returns that you get are not taxed. And so it's one of the most flexible, it is the most flexible, what we call investment wrappers out there. And so for me, um, as I grow my wealth um, over time, I would absolutely love to take advantage of this allowance, um, you know, try to maximize as much as possible to grow my portfolio to the biggest it can be and so that at some point in my life, when I decide to withdraw from it, I can withdraw and earn returns tax free. Mm. So for that reason, I would absolutely love to obviously take advantage of the allowance because this grows the portfolio picker. Hmm.
0: So as much as it's great to save 20 grand now, it's not really more about what you can save this year, but what you can build over time, taking full advantage of the entire tax allowance. And this time in X amount of years, whether it's 10, 15, 20, all of that cash will be there. Um, Tax free for you.
1: Precisely, precisely. And of course, you know, we can always, we could only just look at what we have in front of us, right? And so Mm. the ISO allowance this tax year and last tax year is is £20,000 And for a period of time. But, you know, at some point it can change. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I travel best whilst it's here. um, And who knows, it can go higher, it can go lower, no one really knows. But whilst it's here, I would love to take advantage of it as much as I could.
0: Will be scrapped completely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so on on that note, Jax, I guess what are some of the key themes or thoughts um for you when it comes to preparing for this um new tax year that we've just entered into?
1: Yeah, I think what's important is to um marry the fact that it is a new tax year with just your general personal finance plan anyway. So, you know, at, at the beginning of the year we had our you know, preparing for 2022 financial year and, and what the things we have planned to do and that kind of stuff. But you have to marry this with the tax planning as well. Mm. So as you're saving for your emergency funds and you're paying off debt and you're, of course, investing, you have to do it in the most tax-efficient way. And so for me, yes, it's important to think about things like ISIS, think about things like pensions and think about all the other different things um, Taxes out there as well. So if you're a business owner like myself, who's also got a limited company, there's something called a dividend allowance as well. You know, so I can actually pull out money from my business and not pay tax. I, I believe the amount is 2000 pounds. Again, you have to factor that into your thinking. So yeah, there's a lot to think about. And I think, of course, here at Finance, we are not financial advisors. Um, and so everything we say is based on our opinion. We try to give as much accurate information as possible, but make sure you do double check the accuracy of the information we provide. And of course, if you want to make any decisions regarding your taxes, make sure you speak to a professional tax advisor. But yeah, it is very important to be intentional to sit down and really plan your personal finances, incorporating what tax actually means for you.
0: Hmm. No, love it. And you're absolutely right. The tax free allowance um, has stayed the same, which is still at um, the tax free allowance for dividends, sorry, um, is still at £2,000.
1: Yeah, it's not great. It's pretty annoying. I remember several years ago, it used to be (laughs) £5,000. So yeah, it is is frustrating. But I guess, you know, the fact that you can pull out £2,000 from your um, limited company, um, for example, um, in in the form of dividends, and um, obviously, you know, not pay taxes is amazing. Um, And of course, if you are someone who invests in uh, stocks and shares outside of a tax-efficient account, such as a pension account or stocks and shares ISR, it's important to know that some of those companies may pay dividends. You could earn dividends up to two thousand pounds per tax year and not pay tax. So again, it's just something to really consider. There is also capital gain tax, something you have to think about. So all we're saying here is, you know, as you are planning your personal finances, you really, really, really have to think about tax. It's not, you know, good enough to just go out there and start investing like crazy or just moving money around without really assessing its tax implications.
0: Mm. Talk to us a bit more about capital gains uh, tax.
1: Yeah, so capital gains tax, you know, whenever you invest in assets, you know, I always say you you kind of make three types of returns. So you can make an income through things like interest. So if you invest in things like bonds or anything that pays interest, uh, even saving money in a bank account, obviously pays interest. You've got, you know, allowance for that as well, you know, a savings, savings allowance. Um, you can also earn returns through uh, dividends where companies, for example, pay you a proportion of their profits. That's another way to earn a return. Um, but probably the most common return for investing is capital appreciation,
0: mm.
1: where the price of that asset that you've bought goes up in value for many different reasons, but it usually comes down to demand and supply. And so when you buy something and you sell it for a profit, that profit is a capital gain. The taxman is sat there waiting for you to give him a chunk of that profit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the capital gain. Um, and of course, you know, like we're talking about when it comes to taxes, we all have um, a capital gains allowance where we can earn a return and not pay tax on it.
0: Mm. And at the moment, that's still say the same at 12,300.
1: Exactly. Exactly, um, and if yeah, go on, fair, go on. I was gonna say, if if you're someone who's quite um, proactive and intentional and active with your personal finances, for example, if you're an investor, one of the strategies I've seen some people do is let's say you build up your portfolio to a substantial amount in a normal investment account, so not a tax-efficient account like an ISA or a pension, so like what we call a GIA and general investment account. Mm. Remember, you're only going to pay tax on the gains, the capital gains. Mm. So what you can do and be intentional about is to sell an equivalent of your gains. Oh, sorry, you can sell an equivalent of the capital gains amount every tax year.
0: Mm. So even
1: if you've got a portfolio of 100K, let's say even if you start with 10K, you've made 100K, so you have 10 times the money. You can crystallize £12,300 of that profit in a tax year and not pay tax because that still forms part of your capital gains allowance, even though it's outside of, you know, a standard uh, pension or an ISA account.
0: And just to even get more complicated, you can use that. Do you correct me if I'm wrong? Can you use that when you do sell that, um, sell those gains up until the capital gains allowance so you don't pay no tax on it, can you use that to funnel into your uh, ISA allowance if, it, um, if it's, I don't know, short, Buy a 12K, for example.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? You've actually um, explained what I had to do last tax year. Mm. So because last tax year, as I said, I wasn't you know funneling new cash um, into my eyes as much as I used to in previous years because of the house purchase. Because over the years, I had built up several portfolios. Um, I've got a GIA, a general investment account. Mm. What I've done uh, towards the end of the tax year was I started crystallizing some of the um, gains. In my general investment account, up to as you said was much less than twelve thousand three hundred. But you know, yeah. I could have done it up to twelve thousand three hundred, and then I actually tried to. What well, I did, I um, withdrew that money and then deposited mm. it into my stocks and shares ISA before the end of the tax year. So yes, mm. you can absolutely do that. I think it's a wise thing to do.
0: Mm. And and just to be clear, um this is all about the profits. So for example, if you put you know um one thousand pounds into a gia um general investment account and that one thousand pounds grows up to one thousand five hundred pounds it's the five hundred pounds that if it was over the tax allowance that would be um eligible to be taxed basically
1: yeah precisely precisely um and going back to the strategy we've just spoken about even if you don't want to crystallize just the profits um, and you really just want to move money from one account to another, you can actually, you know, sell out your whole general investment account up to the 12300 and move that into the ISA and buy back the same assets. Mm. Because now the assets mm. that you owned um, in your general investment account, you now own it in a tax-efficient account. Mm. Um, so these are some of the strategies and things you can do in a very tax-efficient way. But of course, as I said, it's important to really speak to a tax advisor before you actually go ahead of this. Mm.
0: And um, again, this is, uh, you know, this is when you're literally, um, when you sell your assets within your actual investment account, um, again, it, things only tax when the money leaves that account, right? You can leave it as cash inside account and it's absolutely fine. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. No, that that's that's making a lot of sense. Thank you for that. Um, what else are you doing to sort of, I guess, prepare for this New tax area. And bearing in mind, it is a bit of a crazy area, not just here in the UK, but the climate we're in with inflation doing silly numbers that we've not really seen in our generation, and um, the cost of living, as I just said, just going up and up, and energy bills. I mean, some of the reports and some of the bills that are coming through and are going to come through, tad bit frightening if one hasn't prepared. But what are you doing to ensure that you are not as shocked as some may be?
1: Yeah, so I'm being, I'm being very intentional with my personal finances, which means, um, generally speaking, I have reduced risk. And there's many ways to reduce risk in a portfolio. Um, one of those ways is to diversify. Um, and so this tax especially, I'm focusing much more on diversifying my portfolio. Um, so in previous years where I had more, let's say, growth stocks, uh, for example, and equities, This year, I might look to invest in alternative assets that add a bit more diversification to the portfolio, such Mm -hmm. as alternative investment trusts. So these are some of the things that I'm doing. Of course, you know, um, I've also um, increased my emergency fund in in a very interesting way. And Mm -hmm. I'll explain what that is. So what I've done is I've moved cash into my ISA portfolio. It's it's an investment ISA, but I haven't invested it immediately. Mm. So what the plan is over the year is to dollar cost average into assets rather than going all gun blazing mm. because there could be better opportunities to buy good quality companies at much favorable um, valuations. And I think valuations are okay now personally, but I think mm. over time it, it, it can go either way. So, you know, the keywords you used was surprised. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <So, laughs> You know, to minimize the element of surprise For me, is important to really, really be intentional About how I diversify and how I invest And how much of our money is kept in cash And I know some people might be saying Well, inflation is high, you're losing your value Hey, that hurts much more in the longer term mm. In the shorter term, yes, cash, cash can serve as king It's just that, yes, in the long term You don't want to be keeping cash Because as very Dalio will say, cash is trash So mm. my opinion is cash is trash in the long term But in the short term, it can be king Nice
0: in the short term, you're keeping on the side to dollar cost average or pound cost average um, into assets. Um, given the volatile um, economic climate we're in, as you said, there may be opportunities. You know, there's lots of, we've done an episode on, you know, the uh, session and what that might look like. There's lots of talk of that potentially happening. And even if it doesn't, I mean, we've been here in the markets, we've seen how things are going. So there's, there's opportunities out there.
1: Yeah yeah opportunities um yeah and, and you know as i said when money goes into these um tax efficient portfolios it, it doesn't have to be invested immediately mm. um so and, and you pay attention to valuations so if you are someone who's stock picks um you know yes there are some speculative stocks out there you know these are more susceptible to you know market risk and um things like political risk and that kind of stuff so be very very mindful of that uh, know that volatility can continue happening this year. Um, you know, yes, stocks have gone down a bit. They can continue going down. You know, the issue is, uh, or the issue that I'm finding a lot nowadays is many people are uh, use the phrase Peter that he buy the dip,
0: buy the dip,
1: <laughs> buy the dip, and they buy the dip and they keep dipping and they keep dipping. So you know, to avoid that element of dipping dips. <laughs> I would say always keep some cash on the side. And, you know, the phrase that I use or the professional phrase is asset allocation. Mm. You really want to pay attention to your asset allocation in this time um, and diversify well. So that, you know, over time, yes, you might still experience some volatility, but it's going to be controlled. And over the long term, you should earn some good returns.
0: And I guess just a reminder that uh, cash is also actually an asset.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cash, cash is one of the five asset classes. Uh, yeah. Cash and there's another thing called cash equivalents, which is like government bonds and stuff like that. Um, but yes, yeah, cash is yeah. an actual asset because you can exchange it and it does earn a return, um, albeit a small return through interest. Both interest rates are going up, you can earn a better return, and it's risk-free. That's so we actually use cash as what we call risk-free asset. Mm,
0: no absolutely and finally just on that when you're keeping the cash aside how do you make sure you don't go oh that's a nice opportunity let me spend this here and the next day "Ooh, that's another <laughs> nice opportunity how do you uh, be obedient to not like spend that cash that's right there on some in your opinion juicy assets
1: yeah so I think there's two ways um and it really depends on you and your experience and that's actually the more, one of the ways so based on your experience, if you're someone a bit like me, who's a bit more experienced and, you know, um, has seen the stock market's uh, personality over the over the years of investing, um, you build up uh, what we call emotional maturity. Mm. So you don't go all guns building very quickly. Um, so you can just be, you know, very intentional and say, every month I'm going to invest mm. um, and do it manually. However, I think for the average person, the best way to do it to take the emotions away from investing is to do it automatically. Mm. Um, so you can set up either a direct debit or you can, yeah, or as you said, dollar cost average. Just make it a consistent thing that happens. For example, on a monthly basis, that's the easiest way. And even for seasoned investors, to be really honest, we are still human beings, mm. so we do make uh, sometimes irrational decisions, but emotional decisions. <laughs> Nah, no,
0: absolutely um, Okay, now brilliant, that's been really useful Anything else on your mind in terms of the new tax year that we're in?
1: Yeah, so we spoke about the ISA being uh, a very tax-efficient account My favourite account because it's flexible And the gains that you make in your know, ISAs are not taxed But actually the most tax-efficient investment account here in the UK Is the pension account mm. um, And it was my priority this tax year Or this year, I would say not tax year But this actual fiscal year to actually increase my allocation to my pensions. Why? Because I spent a bit of my career contracting. We are contracting here in the UK. You normally set up a limited company, and you get paid uh, per day. You get paid cash, and you're usually not pay, you know auto enrolled like most people that are part of the PAYE scheme or are employed. So my pension pot is not as big as I would have liked it to be. Mm. For that reason, um, my one of my objectives is to try and push that pension account uh, a bit higher. So everybody also has an allowance. Um, I believe it's still 40, 40K maximum. So you can yep. deposit up to your um, salary, up to 40K. So if you earn 10K, you can put up to 10K. If you earn 30K, you can put 30K. If you earn 40K, you can put 40K. But If you earn 50K, the maximum is still 40K. Mm. So it's capped at 40K. But what's really important to understand, is not 40K of your deposits alone. 40k as to how much you've put in let's say your company matches some of your pensions and that kind of stuff and the tax efficiency all of that has to add up to the 40k so it's very important to know that so and and, and i would say though you can backdate it as well so if you've not max you know maximized the pension allowance you can backdate it as well so yeah that's that's something that some people should be looking at um, i would say especially um, i the session of a client and and her mother joined as well and I think when you get to a certain age, the pension account becomes your best friend.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and that's where potentially majority of your savings and investment should be going into the most tax-efficient account. And as I said, whilst you, you might be considering putting money into an ISA, at that stage or at that older age, you may want to contribute as much as you can into your pension account and okay. take advantage of the back dates as well.
0: I was just going to ask that, man. Um, pension allowance... Um versus isa man
1: (laughs) uh what's the question is which one's better
0: yeah i mean if you got 5k and you're thinking oh okay i've got a a 20k tax allowance uh that i can put in there or i want to increase my uh, i want to put more into my pension that, and obviously, it's always personal to the individual.
1: Yeah, so you you basically answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely personal, and when I say personal, it's just not just about uh, you know preferences, but actually understanding the pros and cons of both accounts. So we know with pensions, it is more tax efficient, especially if you are a higher rate taxpayer? Um, the money that goes in is not taxed. However at some point for our age, we'll be 57. When we try to withdraw from that portfolio, we will be taxed income tax.
0: Mm.
1: So um, it's important to note that down and think about that. Um, but then there's a an asset account where you don't have to wait to the age of 57. You can start withdrawing from it whenever you want. Mm. Uh, but the money going in has already been taxed because mm. it's already you know received income tax, for example. And so the main benefit there is that they're Profits or the returns that you get is not taxed. So, in terms of tax efficiency, generally speaking, especially in early stages, pension accounts is the is the winner. Mm. Um, But for flexibility, um, ISA accounts are the winner. So there is a there is you know it's very down to the individual. I I like the I like the ISA account a lot because I want the optionality of being able to withdraw from my investment portfolio when I want. Um, I may want to retire at the age of 50 and not 57. Mm. I may want to retire at the age of 40, and not, not 57. Not, and, I, and I might not even be retiring. I want the option to retire. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for that's why for me, the ASPA account is my favorite account. Mm. However, luckily as well, I am employed. Mm. So by being employed, my, employee, my employer pays um, a contribution towards my pension account. So I get a best of both worlds. Mm. So if I get 5K now, I uh, probably wouldn't well I'm trying to grow my pension portfolio so I probably may consider it but generally speaking it will probably most likely go into my you know my stocks and shares I saw, mm. and I'll let my kind of auto enrollment take care of the pension account.
0: Hmm. Love it thank you for that bro um, no absolutely man. I think we've we've covered quite a lot there just in terms of the new tax year um, and you know what um you know at the beginning of this episode chat you spoke about you couldn't get the 20k tax allowance for your ISA account last year but such is life man we keep it moving right we try to hit uh something um and we we move on from it if it does whether it happens or not man
1: yeah i mean look it's, it's we set goals um, we set, we're ambitious of our goals um and as long as you can explain and assess why you're unable to you know, achieve a specific goal, then it's cool. It's all right. That's it, man. I can see um, yeah. it.
0: Yeah. We celebrate just the fact that we're trying, man.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that's encouraging to our listeners as well. If even if you know you've never thought about just tax years in general, and this isn't just relevant to UK listeners. Obviously, listeners around the world have different tax years, and um, but I'm sure there's similar different products as well that you've just got to be mindful. Of. So definitely do your own research um, around that as well. But no, man, it's just about trying on this journey, seeing what we can do, um, staying involved in conversations that you hear. Um, on things uh, like woke finance man and continue keeping the conversation going up but yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: man yeah and you know what in this episode we, we've we covered some of our some some of the accounts that we think are important right But mm. when it comes to taxes there's so many different things to consider hmm. there's national insurance there's even things like blind persons mm. allowance and rental room allowance and all that kind of stuff um, inheritance mm. allowance which we could have spoken about as well there's so much so much to to speak about that we obviously won't cover in just one episode but i think the key thing is for people to go and also seek out the further education mm. um and obviously speak to tax advisors and be very intentional with taxes because it is important um so yeah the, the purpose of this episode is to just get you thinking um and, and obviously to be more intentional
0: no no absolutely man um married couples allowance as well um which i can't remember if that's changing or not but no there's just so much out there as you said man so please for our listeners um let's just start continuing to um educate all of ourselves man so we can just continue to elevate and Dominate this space, man. Um, Jax, thank you very much. Been um always a pleasure catching up, breaking bread with one another, just having a quick discussion around all things personal finance related. Um, for our listeners, hopefully you found that um useful. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, Jax, we are gonna give a quick um shout out to a city, as we usually do where we're getting new listeners. And what you can do is just bear with me. Um, Okay, cool. So we're going (laughs) to. I already (laughs) know.
1: Gosh, I already know you cannot pronounce the name of the city you're about to pronounce. So
0: we're going to give a shout out to Frankfurt Abbey. (laughs) that's in
1: Germany let's (laughs) just keep it out of Frankfurt (laughs)
0: Frankfurt yes 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 come on come on come on shout out to listeners there in Germany
1: yeah yeah I mean welcome to World Finance if it's your first time um, joining us Um, I hope you are gaining tons of value from our episodes Uh, my name is Jax I'm here with Peter we provide you with personal finance conversations conversations that we wish we had at a dinner table which we, we try to provide some investment guidance as well um, we, you know, we talk so much about different things. And I guess if you want to um, ask us some questions, if you want to get more involved with what we talk about, you can join our Patreon. You cannot, the link will be provided below. So just scroll down. Um, you can also email us if you want us to, you know, speak about specific topics that may be of interest to you at info at uk as well.
0: Brilliant man, thank you very much man I just echoed that, thank you very much to our listeners over there And all over the world Keep doing what you're doing and remember all Stay, stay woke, woke.